When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Hi, this is James Mercer from The Shins. This is Shirley Manson. This is Lowe Tullis, the founder of The Cure. This is Huey Lewis giving you the story behind the song. The story behind the song is back with an exciting second season. We peel back the layers on music's most iconic hits with legendary artists like The Killers, Heart, The B-52s, Violent Femmes, Jewel, Huey Lewis, Modern English, and more. To keep the music flowing, we'll be sprinkling in classic episodes from our archives between each new one. So check out the story behind the song wherever you get your podcast. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. Sorry, I'm late. So I'm just trying to find my headphones. Consequence Podcast Network. Welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with. It's the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org. Consequence and the Consequence Podcast Network. Thanks as always for making your way here, checking out the series. You know what to do. You like what you see, what you hear. Uh, hit that subscribe button. I put out three new interviews every single week, so it's a great way to keep up with all of your favorite artists. You can find us at iTunes and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, Podchaser, NPR, YouTube for the video versions, anywhere you get your podcast from. Subscribe to Kyle Meredith with. I'm Kyle Meredith today talking with Alt J's Gus Unger Hamilton. We're going to be discussing The Dream. It's the band's fourth album. And get into how, well, first off, how the recent Beatles documentary lent some inspiration. And, uh, and Gus telling, uh, saying that he's uh, become a much bigger fan of the band, too. We'll talk about using more voices within their songs to add deeper dimensions. And the uh, dr- uh, dramatic monologues that the uh, characters within their songs uh, seem to thrive with. Uh, Gus is also going to ponder about the band maybe making a film one day or at least maybe a a graphic novel, uh, their penchant to sing about death and fandom of true crime, and the upcoming 10th anniversary of their debut. I cannot believe it's been 10 years, but let's do it and discuss the dream. It's Kyle Meredith with Alt-J. Hey, how's it going, Kyle? Doing great over here. Good to see you. And uh, first off, congratulations uh, on this record. I mean, this is what, album number four, and this might be your best yet. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it, we're super, super stoked with with how it all went. You know, I think taking our time with it was a really good decision for us, even though we know that our fans were hungry for that new album, but hopefully they're feeling satisfied now. I don't know if this question is going to work because a lot of times, a lot of most times even, you know, songs and albums are just jammed into existence. You know, here's the structure and here's the songs. But as you're going into this, as you're working on this record over the past few years, do you get a sense of of who you wanted to be uh, on this album? Yeah, I think it kind of became clearer towards the end. It's weird. Like, I think we were, we kind of like finished the album in June uh, 2021, kind of mastering it then. And then uh, as the end of the year kind of came around, we were all watching the Beatles Get Back documentary. And I think seeing the way they were making music in the studio then, kind of recording live takes, almost like rehearsal takes, really. Um, we were like, damn, like, 
that felt it feels like we were sort of inspired by that even though we'd already finished the album i think we, we did try to strip this album back a bit and make it feel more like an album that was just you know the three of us kind of playing with mics on even though that isn't how it was made but i think in the past we've gone we've, we've gone down the route of layering and layering and building songs up so into these giant kind of teetering baroque structures which is great and people like that about our sound but i think it was nice this time to make it it's almost like alt j does a garage rock or garage band album you know um so yeah that's kind of like i feel like you know actually moving forwards that will be more like the approach we take i think it's been interesting to see the ripple effects of that documentary by the way like and I, i'm curious like how that's ultimately gonna show its its influence because it, it you know because we were i mean if you're in the music world if you're in you know an artist or the business or whatever like you paid attention to it and i think everyone was just kind of like oh I, I thought I was a Beatles fan before I watched it, and I didn't realize how much more of a Beatles fan I could become after having watched it, you know. <laughs> well, um, taking on the McCartney dynamic, you're playing more bass this time around, right? I am, I am, it's true. Um, in, in a, a cringe-worthy turn, I'm even using a uh, Hofner violin bass, a la Paul McCartney. It kind of started because we were writing this song, Philadelphia, for the album, which we sort of thought had this Beatlesy sound. And so we thought, well, let's hire one of those basses and just play around with it. And I liked it so much. Joe ended up buying me one as a sort of end of album present, uh, which was really nice of him. And I love it. And I'm playing it on stage. And yeah, it's just fun to try a new thing. And I think it's just, it's, you know, that's how you keep yourself, you know, interested in, in a, you know, we've been you know, a band for like 14 years at this point. And it's, it's nice to still know that there are new things we can do, pick up new instruments and, and try new things out. Yeah, for you, I mean, multi-instrumentalist as you are, have you noticed like exactly what the dynamic, the new dynamic that might have, have given to the songs? I don't know. I think it's interesting because because I because my main instrument is the piano. Um, I'm so used to kind of like, you know, playing, you know, multiple, you know, each hand doing different things and playing chords and kind of like counter count, contrapuntal kind of things. And actually what's nice about the bass is that it's stripped all the way back to like one line, one musical line. And it's it's how you can, you know, be creative just using just single notes, you know, in, in a sequence rather than chords or rather than complex kind of, you know, piano style things. Um, so I quite like that. It's like going back to square one. I'm finding that a fun challenge. I, I, I tried bass for a little bit years and years ago, and it, it turns out that it was it was almost too simple for what I want, you know, what, what I needed at the time. Like yeah. That, and you can you can you can go into tool riffs or, or try to play chords or something like that. And it's all very different. But um, I, I have nothing but respect for people who really are great at, at at bass oh yeah me too i mean i i i i think i'm getting quite good and i watch another band and i'm like oh no no that's that's what a good bassist looks like <laughs> like i'm watching um you know portugal the man every night at the moment and zach their bassist is just just amazing just amazing to watch on stage he's just a you know from, from every point of view you know he's he's, he's an inspiration well, on the other side of things, you know, what you all are doing vocally on this record, too, it has to be talked about because, you know, going from these dark cinematic moments like as the as the record opens with with Bane to the doo-wop sounds that you've got going on of Walk a Mile, of course, you've got uh, you've got the opera voice on there, too. I mean, so much is represented on what you're doing vocally. Is that just like sort of throwing spaghetti at the wall or were you like looking to tackle some of these things? Yeah, I think it's kind of like we, we're quite lucky in that most of the spaghetti we throw tends to actually stick, I find. Um, I think it's, and you know, Joe just is very good at kind of having these, he has these mad ideas, which, you know, almost always, I'm always, my, my initial reaction is like, no way. Like the opera singer thing, I was like, oh God, no, not an opera singer, please. 
but actually, you know, he really wanted to do it and she came in and it, and it sounded great. And we managed to use it in a way that was less kind of like Freddie Mercury Barcelona and more like we'd actually taken a sample from some opera and kind of chopped it up and were playing it back on a tape recorder. But it was, um, yeah, I think it's just it's just fun because sometimes you just you need to let the song lead where it wants to go. And, you know, we're, we're always up for following it and, and seeing where it takes us. Basically, nothing's really off limits with us, I think. And, and plus, you use these other voices, too. You, you've got, you know, family members and everybody else. Yeah. And and what I loved about that is it it sort of gives these songs a three dimensional quality. I don't know if that makes sense. You know, I didn't realize it before, but but, you know, the song from it, it, it goes from being something that the narrator is putting out to almost a bit of a conversation. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, you know, it's it's fun to kind of like try and make the songs into, yeah, more like um, three-dimensional images. You can almost like look into like kind of, you know, diorama sort of thing, I don't know. Um, and I think, you know, if using friends and family members for us, I think it just, it, it feels, makes it feel more special for us. And I think it's, we always talk about this idea of like, um, like the bay leaf when you're cooking a, a stew or something you know you put in this bay leaf and you can't really say what it is it does but it just it kind of adds that depth of flavor and I think it's it's it, you know for us it's just nice to know that these people are people we know and people we love and I think in its in, in a sort of hard to define way that filters through fans and sorry to the listeners as well unless you accidentally end up with the bay leaf in your mouth and it does nothing but yeah piss you off. It, it's for me <laughs> so I don't have that problem with your album by the way Good, good. <laughs> I always quite like getting the bailey. If you can sort of lick the gravy off it and put it to one side, you know, it's like you've won the competition. <laughs> I'm not coming at it from a positive moment here. That's, that's Embrace the, the bay. Yeah. You know, we, we, we mentioned 3D qualities, and I meant to actually say something about this at the beginning because you are on tour with Portugal the Man. And talk about 3D. I mean, can you talk about the cube thing that you all are playing in? Like what inspired mm. your live um, setup, the, the visual aspect? Um, well, we've we've worked with Fragment Nine, our lighting people, for you know pretty much pretty much since the start. Maybe probably big big time since the second album, I guess. But you know, even from the first album, Jeremy was working with us, and we always like kind of leave it up to them. But I think in a way, our approach to onstage lights and production has always been that we don't really enjoy being like front men on stage or like quote unquote rock stars. You know, we're not very good at the whole kind of like we don't feel very comfortable sort of like working the crowd and. All that kind of thing so it's kind of nice to let the lights be the front man of the band and, and in this case literally that's the case because we're standing for a lot of the gig behind this like very fine mesh screen that's um forms part of a sort of cuboid that's being projected on all around us and it's really amazing because you can do so many cool effects with it you can you can have us surrounded by like burning candles like we're sort of in the middle of some kind of like dark altar or you can, you know, have us in a sort of tank filling up with water. There's just no limit to the kind of fun things you can do with it. And people are really liking it. And it's fun to play in too. It took a bit of getting used to because, but, you know, I think now um, we're, we're into it and, and I just like seeing people's reaction to it. That's the, the front man part. So I should never expect to see any of you all like, like putting your leg up on the monitor, you know, <laughs> thrusting with the guitar. You know, well, it's funny, actually. Um, I, I've said this to a few people, but like, since I started playing bass, I, uh, I genuinely feel like I'm in a band now. Like, it's funny. Being a keyboardist, you it's always a bit awkward. You know, a keyboard is not really like one of your classic. It's not the drums or the guitar, is it? Let's be honest. So actually, when I put the bass on for those few songs, I'm like, oh, yeah, now I'm a band man. You know, it's quite fun. Just remember that monitor is not too far away and it's just a lift of the leg. That's all you got to do. It's comfortable, you know. <laughs> you know, getting back to the record then, 
the characters are always so fascinating what who you all are singing about what you all are singing about and and the ones that do populate this album do you all look at it as as character studies because because you know finding who these people are it's kind of amazes me where that must come from for you all yeah i think with the characters you know we we've we often talk about this concept of like dramatic monologues i guess which are sort of like poems from the from the point of view of a kind of narrator who's not the author and um you know it's um it's it's fun because i think you know people we know that our fans really like to sort of dissect our lyrics and you know take these kind of things and, and run with them really whether it's doing art or just like you know kind of getting inspired by the stories we start telling and it's, it's difficult because you know with it with a song you can only do so much you know you sometimes it's only a few words in a song but it's 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 nice to have them as kind of jumping off points and um yeah i mean you know we don't we don't sit around kind of like you know, building up backstories for these characters or anything like that. But I think sometimes, you know, sometimes we take real people, sometimes we invent people. And, um, you know, I think it's just, um, it's just, it's just a way of writing that we enjoy, I suppose, ultimately. Yeah. It's a bit of a rambling answer. Sorry. No, it, it seems like you could get so close to movie work. I mean, you know, we've talked about, you know, you all doing, you know, cinematic style of, of music for a long time but actually taking that over the line for what you guys are doing and putting these characters on the screen or or even you know in 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 comic form you know that it seems like that would be sort of easy for you guys the way yeah. you do explore people that's a good that's a great idea actually um i'm uh i'm picturing it on the merch stand now the uh the comic book the old geographic novel yeah that's a good, i mean you know i mean joe certainly is very very interested in directing he recently directed our video for hard drive gold um, and you know, I think he's looking to direct future things. Um, so, and I know, I know that his dream would be to to make a film one day. So, um, I think it will happen one of these days, definitely for him. Maybe I can help. Maybe I can play bass <laughs> <laughs> with one leg up. That's yeah. a... <laughs> but that that that's a good example. Hard drive gold. And I was also looking at a happier when you're gone because, as I understand. I mean, this is sort of the, a reaction, right? The other side of the story to the famous Hey Joe song. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and, you know, I think it's, 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 a, it's, yeah, that's a great song for, for that reason, I think, because I'm speaking as, as a listener to Joe's lyrics, I guess. Um, yeah, it's because so, so, so many of these, you know, it doesn't, it's not to take away from Hey Joe or it, it, it's amazingness as a song, but I think when you do dissect some of these kind of classics of rock, you know, they are actually quite sort of male quite chauvinistic you know sort of songs with quite sort of dark quite a, quite a darkness to them if you if you really read the lyrics so um you know I think we thought it'd be fun to kind of present the um present the female point of view there and um that's what that's what happened uh the other side of that and and I'm, I'm going to take liberties with lyrics too so you know speak to what you can on on this question here but the themes do tend not all the time but uh often enough to go towards death in various different ways yeah uh, it seems there is a penchant for that darkness where does that come from? Uh, because, you know, looking at losing my mind, I mean, I don't mm. know if you guys are true crime fans, but as we, we talk about sort of that yeah. serial killer S type of thing happening there, and even in Philadelphia, which ends up this sort of detective story type of a deal. Mm. Yeah, 100%. Um, and, and I mean, Joe, Joe's a big fan of like true crime, listens to a lot of true crime podcasts and stuff. I mean, death has always been a big thing in our lyrics, even going back to the first album. And I think it's just trying to find unusual ways to sing about it. I mean, so take Tarot, for example, from our first album, you know, this idea of these two war photographers who, who were in love and both sort of died tragic deaths doing, doing their job. It's, uh, you know, and I think, I think the fact is we're just getting older, you know, Joe and I both have kids now, and I think you just, you know, you start to think more and more and more about death, ultimately, it's a bit of a sad fact. Um, 
I think in terms of the, you know, to take losing my mind, which you just mentioned as an example, you know, there's lyrics in that, you know, like this this chorus, you know, you and I cut from the same cloth. And I think there's actually, you can read that in a way of kind of being like, well, you know, this modern popularity, it feels like true crime and you sort of serial killer stuff is, is more popular than ever. And, you know, we, 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 you know, we're all sort of like disgusted by these people who, who take, a sick, uh, take a sick pleasure from killing people. But in a way, we're also taking a sick pleasure from reading or watching or listening to things about it. So, you know, I suppose, I suppose that chorus is kind of asking how different are we, the fans of true crime, from the people committing the crimes, you know. It's very voyeuristic in that sense, uh, on our side yeah. of things. Yeah. Like a car crash that you of course, we'll always look at or something like that. Yeah, that's that's absolutely true. Um, so you've got it. You're out on the road. You're promoting this album. But we're also 10th anniversary of the first album that you just mentioned with an awesome wave. Do you find a way to get the celebrations in uh, to celebrate a decade? Yeah, um, it's a it's a it's a tricky one because yeah we don't want to kind of like take away from this new album but i think perhaps towards the end of the year we will do some something a bit more um awesome wavy nothing we've, we've talked about various plans and we're not quite sure what it's going to look like yet whether it'll be a special edition whether it'll be a concert whether it'll be who knows a, a graphic novel <laughs> but um i think that it's it's just you no know, but ultimately we've never really stopped celebrating an awesome wave i think some some bands you know like I don't know, I, I watched Kings of Leon play um, a few years ago at a festival and they, they were like my favourite band growing up and, you know, they played like one song from the first album in their whole set, which which is fine. I mean, I love that first album so much. That was the album that really kind of changed my life musically, but we've never really been like that. We've we've always played like the lion's share of the songs from an awesome wave every night in our set because we know the fans love them and we love playing them. So I suppose in a way the celebration has never really stopped since we were touring that album for the first time. So um we don't feel there's too much pressure to kind of like make a big song and dance about 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 playing songs from an awesome wave. If there was a graphic novel, I'd be first in line to get that. I'm telling you. That's so. great. Thank you. <laughs> I will take my money as the as the uh, the internet phrase goes. That's uh... <laughs> oh, go uh, I love the dream. This is such a great record. I love what you guys are doing. And again, I've, I've had so much fun. You know, this is one of the records that I call onion skin because I just keep peeling it away and finding something new every single time. Congrats on this, man. And uh, and thank thanks you. for taking the time to talk about it as well. Uh, well, thank you so much. For, you know, it's, it's clear from talking to you that, you know, you've, you've, you've really got to know the album and that, that means a lot. So thank you very much. And uh, it was nice to chat to you. I, I feel I feel I've got some new ideas now. I'm, I'm inspired. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Take care out there and we'll see you around soon. That's good. Thank you, Kyle. So you want to be a rock and roll star? No? Well, how about a podcast star? Well, as it turns out, there's a new all-in-one platform just for you. It's called Anchor, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And check this out. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And then Anchor will distribute the podcast for you. So it can be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcast and, you know, everywhere else in, uh, in podcast land. And what's even better, you can actually make money from your podcast. Go figure. Uh, no minimum listenership on that. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead, download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast stardom is within your reach. That was just back in uh, 2018, the last time that Gus and I spoke. Uh, this time it was about the uh, immersive uh, new 3D sound project that they had just premiered, the challenges of performing their music live, and, and why catchy songs are crucial 
He also talks about how uh, they tend to see themselves a little bit as a folk band, how Radiohead inspired uh, their single Hairs on the Mountain, and the reasoning behind reworking the lyrics House of the Rising Sun and the thrill of winning a Mercury Prize. I'm including it here as well. It's part two of Kyle Meredith with Alt-J. Great, how are you? Uh, excited to talk to you, man. Uh, excited to have Alt-J back in uh, in Louisville. I know you guys are going to be here, it looks like, June 8th at the Iroquois Amphitheater with Tennis uh, behind this new record. That's right, yeah, looking forward to it. I was just reading about this thing you were you all were doing, or maybe you've already done it, but, uh, the Immersive Sound Show. Uh, I'd love to know what that is, because it sounds so interesting. Yeah, so basically it's going to be a gig we're doing in New York uh, in the middle of June, and uh, it's going to be a really cool thing where we kind of are able to use sort of the develop you know new technology in, in speakers and PA systems to create kind of a surround sound for the gig for the audience on a large scale which is which is really exciting um, you know we've our albums are all kind of we use a lot of kind of sound textures and sound effects and interesting noises in our songs and hopefully we can our plan is to build a lot of those into this sort of three-dimensional immersive uh, sensation for the audience so that the gig feels almost like you're listening with sort of amazing headphones you know and adding a new dimension to the live music experience i know this is this is one show do you have plans or a desire to try to figure out how to incorporate this in 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 all of your shows in the future yeah i mean you know i think if it goes well um we would love to do that that's that's really the idea yeah just see how i mean because no one's really done this kind of thing much before so we're essentially going to try it at this one gig see how we see how it goes and then talk about yeah doing it taking taking it outwards and further and forwards listening to you all talk about you know trying to take your record you know the, the sounds that you do to your record and incorporate it live reminds me a lot of the way uh, pete townsend and the who would talk about in the 70s with uh, the quadraphonic sound when you've got a record like relaxer and in even the previous two but specifically this one like what have the biggest challenges been to bringing this album live has it has it been challenging i mean i think essentially you know the challenges are always kind of figuring out how we can play because our songs are not you know it's not just sort of like bass drums guitar you know, like simple sort of um, garage kind of recordings. It's very lush, lots of sweet, lots of strings on this album and things. And so that's been, that was a challenge, certainly, once we finished the album, going into a studio for a month and figuring out how to play the, the thing. But um, it's actually a really fun process, that. And I think we, through working hard and working with our technical crew as well, We've cut, we've got to a point we can do it really do it justice on stage, and that's incredibly satisfying. What I've really been impressed with you all, you know, a lot of bands they try to fill every single space, every available space. There, there's something going on. Uh, I get the feeling that you're not afraid of silence. Like that's sort of I don't know used as an instrument. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think right from our first album, that was something that we figured out was that you know taking things away from a song rather than adding them in was also a really important thing to do in the studio. You know, you might well start a song writing it on the guitar, then when you go to the studio, you might finish recording the song with no guitar in it at all. You know, and that's kind of a cool thing to do. And I think we were quite influenced by sort of James Blake around the time of making our first album and the way that he used silence and space in his songs, and we wanted to do something similar. Now, do you adjust for festivals, or you say, "Take me as I am"? This is this is the sound you get. I think the latter, really. You know, I think that we you know we we are a band who. I mean, you know, now that we have three albums. We are able to pick and choose. You know, we we do play um, our louder, more up tempo kind of songs in our sets now, particularly at festivals. You know, you want to kind of keep the audience. You know, if you've got a tra- transitive audience, you want to keep them keep them there and keep them watching you. You know, they're not necessarily all there just to see you. But you know, to our headline shows, we do play some quieter songs, and it's very rewarding to see people like listening to those and not just talking. It's it's really great. You, you talk about you know playing some of those upbeat songs, and and I'm going to call it your greatest hits. You know, the singles. <laughs> I always get the feeling 
because of the way your albums go, you know, there are always these interesting sounds and, and, and sometimes challenging songs. And I mean that as a compliment in the best way. And then there's always one insanely catchy song on every record. And I thought, I wonder if you guys say, all right, here's the record. Now we need a radio hit. <laughs> now we need that pop song. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, in, the exact, in, I mean, in this day and age, you know, it, music is a lot more kind of song-driven than album-driven, I think. And so I think as long as each time we hand in an album, there are one or two kind of big, catchier songs on it. You know, this time it was probably Ink, Soul, Blood, Dead Crush, you know, with a two that then give us the sort of, give us the freedom to really make the rest of the album really quite experimental and strange and not have to worry about, you know, the, the label accepting that. Included on the record is a, a really amazing, I, won't, I don't want to say cover of House of the Rising Sun because you've done more than just covered the record. Uh, like adding something to something that's so iconic, I mean, that can be dangerous, but y you all pull it off. Was there any fear mm. going into that song? I don't think so. I mean, I think that, you know, I mean, I think that in, once we realized that it was going to be much, much more than a cover, you know, I think we just thought this is kind of a really cool chance to, to show what we can do with a song that's been played, performed, and recorded so many times in so many different ways, from Woody Guthrie to the animals to whoever else. Um, and, you know, and actually the other, the other crazy thing about that song is that no one's actually, no one's done a version of it for quite a long time, really. No one's done a, a, you know, do you know what I mean? It's kind of about time that somebody with a reasonably big profile did a version of it, I think. But it's been a while, so that was a cool thing to do. Now, was there any talk about the direction, about where, where, where lyrically it was going to go from, from the beginning? I think that we knew that we wanted to kind of pick up the thread of, you know, the song and continue with it. I mean, we, we for, for lyrical inspiration, we looked at the Woody Guthrie version primarily, and uh, partly because that's out of copyright. <laughs> um, and, uh, and then we took it from there. And I think you know, we've always seen ourselves as kind of a folk band. And I think that, you know, that folk tradition is, is, is picking something up, playing with it, changing it, and, and passing it on to somebody else. And that's what we've tried to do with our version of After the Rising Sun. And, I, you know, I, I don't know how much you can speak to the lyrics on, on some of the other songs, but, you know, diving into the music and the words i mean there's so many literary references most songwriters they just use what they did that day you know and, and that becomes a song mm. uh, you all have have always gone further there's there's an element of um fiction and historical fiction and and everything else and what drives that what what pushes the band to look in that direction rather than love me do <laughs> i think it's wanting our songs to be able to be many many times and wanting to create layers there to keep to, to find new things to discover each time you listen to the song again you know you might the first time you listen to it you listen to the, the, the sort of basic what the lyrics are saying and then the time after that you're finding more and more little oh references to this references to that it keeps the flavor of the song kind of interesting and strong i think through multiple listens but i think also it just fundamentally comes down to a desire to write about what moves you and in our case that's you know as much as it might be romance and love it's also books films and things like that are you aware of how many water references uh grace all three albums this has come up before yeah we didn't realize that but it's certainly um yeah it's it's there's a phd to be written perhaps <laughs> <laughs> something in the subconscious there driving that that's yeah that's interesting i think i think possibly possibly i don't know i don't know if it's a fear of water or a love of water or maybe both but um yeah, there's certainly something, something um, Freudian going on. Now, now, since the record came out, since Relaxer came out, we've also got another single from the uh, Bright soundtrack, Hairs on the Mountain. What's the story with that one? Mm. It's a great song. I love it. Oh, cool. Thank you. Um, yeah, so it's, um, it's a 
traditional English folk song, which Joe and I used to sing at university. We had a friend called Michael who kind of got us into singing folk songs, and that was a song that he taught us. And we've sung that subsequently on tour, and we've had a few beers. We we quite like singing folk songs in harmony, and uh, that's one of the ones that we like to sing. And then it's a track that Tom, our drummer, created on Ableton, which might have gone on the album in some form or might not. And then when we we, we got asked to do this song for Bright, you know, we we saw they had this they had some temp music in that scene, which was Radiohead in the scene. Well, actually kind of a complicated story because we thought it was going to be a certain scene in the film it wasn't in the end but we were quite inspired by the Radiohead song in there and went back to the studio and worked on this version and put the two together the folk song and the kind of electronic track and it it worked really nicely Radiohead the guiding lights forever and ever (laughs) always always (laughs) Um, I also want to congratulate you by the way on the Mercury Prize Uh, I think it was best UK band Um, it gives me faith because uh, again you're not one of the most obvious bands for the masses I guess I should say you know it's Mm. it's it's yeah and and to get something that kind of recognition I don't know if that's surprising to you Uh, it's so like I said it gives me faith in the uh, (laughs) in in the youth and the future of music Uh, I mean how how does that Mm. come across to you getting that kind of accolade at this point oh that's nice yeah it's really graphic I mean, you know, because I think that we we have, you know, we like like you said, you know, we're not a band who ever set out to appeal to the masses or to be a big band. And we, you know, there are many UK bands who are who you know who played much bigger venues than us, you know, Kasabian, the Arctic Monkeys, and people like that. But um, if you think about the essence of the award, best British band, I think there is something quite uniquely British about what we're doing, the kind of quirky, avant-garde art school thing. And I think that it's nice to get that recognition because we've never thought of ourselves as a British band. I think we think of ourselves as quite a global band or just quite just quite a band who are just who who we are, British, global, maybe neither of those things. But actually we do fit into a bit of a tradition of British bands forming at art school and liking, you know, whether it's Beatles or Pink Floyd or who whoever it might be, wants to do something that was unusual and wants to do more than just, you know, write cool songs. Well you've succeeded in that and I certainly appreciate it. Um, and I'll wrap that up. Uh, Gus, it, it was a pleasure talking to you today. And again, uh, the Louisville date, June 8th at the Iroquois with tennis. Uh, I'm going to be there, and I'm excited to see you guys. So thank you so much for taking the time yeah, today. Yeah, we can't wait. Can't wait to come back to Louisville. Uh, it's going to be great. So we'll see you there. And thanks for having me on. I hope the wind wasn't too much of a problem. <laughs> nope, it was all good. I appreciate that. <laughs> Brilliant. All right. all right. All the best. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye. Take care. My thanks to Gus Unger-Hamilton. The new Alt-J album is called The Dream. Big thanks to you as well for checking out the episode. Uh, Before you get out of here, hit that subscribe button. New episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at iTunes and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, Podchaser, NPR, YouTube for the video versions. Anywhere you get your podcast from, subscribe to Kyle Meredith with. Then after that, head over to WFPK.org. It's where I do a show Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern, an hour full of song premieres, music news, anniversary spins, bonus interviews, Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern at WFPK.org. Consequence has your music and film news. You can also find me on the uh, social media spots, uh, mostly on Twitter, but also Facebook and Instagram, all three of them, at Kyle Meredith. Do hope you like and follow along. That does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. Hey, they all. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. 
Hey there, it's Kyle Meredith from Kyle Meredith With. After you check out the latest episode of my show, uh, be sure to check out some of our other great programs on the Consequence Podcast Network, including Standing BTS, a bi-weekly podcast covering all things BTS and ARMY, and The Opus, Consequence's original documentary podcast exploring legendary albums and their lasting legacies. So head to Consequence.net to listen to these podcasts and many great others. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.